Welcome to the Modern Yogi Podcast, an exploration of ancient wisdom. Hello, hello, everyone. Hello, we are on episode number 58. Waka waka, my name is Shama Sangeeta. <laughs> I am Priyadarshini. And my name is Shamali. And welcome back. Thanks for tuning back in, sticking with us this far in the journey. Yes, we are reading the Bhagavad Gita from start to finish. And today is a very special episode yeah. because we are starting episode number eight. I thought you guys were going to join Epis- me on that. Episode oh, eight. Oh, no, episode we eight. Got Chapter eight. Priya and I were looking I like, like, what? What happened? What well, number nobody, saying? Nobody joined me on that. Because you guys were like, uh, you guys usually dance together. I but it's I just, get it. Chapter eight. We're starting chapter eight. <laughs> wow. So thank you so much episode for joining us. Episode eight, way back then. If you haven't heard episode eight, you know, you should take this moment as a sign to go back and listen to our beginning I episodes. I feel like they probably listen to it. If you're all the way We have here, faithful fans. I know. You're so sweet. Thank yeah. you so much. So April 50. 58. We're on episode 58. Yeah. There we go. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Beautiful. Okay. So where are we, ladies? I mean, we wrapped up essentially chapter seven last episode. Yes, we did. Chapter seven, knowledge of the absolute, where basically chapter seven explains how one can become a fully Krishna conscious person. Because going back to the ending of text 30, it says... We talked a lot about association, about how it's a gradual process. And essentially the beginning of Krishna consciousness is association of persons who are Krishna conscious. Because when we're in such association, uh, spirituality, everything becomes more real. It brings it to a very tangible platform where one can be directly in touch with the Supreme Lord. And by his grace, I like how they use the word his grace, by Krishna's mercy or grace, we can finally understand Krishna to be the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Yeah, by the association of other like-minded Krishna conscious folks, <laughs> one can really understand the constitutional position of the living entity and how we forget Krishna and how right. we don't want to forget Krishna. Right. Because that's kind of what happens. That's the reality for all of us, right? In this material realm, we become entangled in material activities. We become forgetful of, of the love that's actually already within us. It's not something that we have to reach externally for. And that's how we gradually develop then Krishna consciousness in this society of people who are directly in touch with Krishna and then us, the living entity, we can understand then, oh, okay, due to forgetfulness of Krishna, uh, we've become more and more conditioned by the laws of material nature. And then we can understand, okay, I've now been given a human life form. Let me utilize that uh, to regain the Krishna consciousness, the consciousness of Krishna that I once had and fully utilize this life form to attain what they call the causeless mercy of the Supreme Lord. Beautiful. So that's basically chapter seven in a nutshell. You're learning about Krishna. You're learning about different people that approach Krishna. You're learning your constitution. This whole Bhagavad Gita, we're really learning about Krishna, but they're separated into different chapters to give us little chunks at a time so that we can digest it. So if you are interested to see what happened before this, go check it out. As we said, you probably already did. And so now we get to become... We get to come to chapter eight, attaining the Supreme. So so we were learning about the Supreme and now we're learning about how to attain the Supreme. Right. 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 Well, awesome. All right. The invocation letters. Oh, my Yana Timirandasya. Yananjana Shalakaya. Shakshurun Militam Yena. Translation, I was born in the darkest ignorance and my spiritual teacher opened my eyes with the torch of knowledge. I offer my respectful obeisances onto them. 
All right. Ah, excitement. This is exciting. Ooh. Chapter eight, guys. Yeah, like if you exciting. hold the book, we are pretty almost much there. almost halfway through, you know? <laughs> wow. Wow. I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. Very nice. All righty. I'm like doing mental math. I'm like, there's 18 chapters and we're on chapter eight. So we're actually two, two and a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> but some chapters are longer than others. That's you know, Priya Darshani actually used to be, fun fact, a, a math, math teacher. teacher yeah. So it's <laughs> really why. great. That's how my brain works. You, you know what's <laughs> nice. so crazy? I was like just reflecting for a second on how far we've come, even if it was episode eight to episode 58. <laughs> you know, we've come such a long way. And yeah. so mm. it, it wouldn't have been possible without you two ladies and also our team, mm. Ella, our director of social and Abhijit, our producer who makes Woo-hoo! this happen every single week. So thank you oh, so much. It really, honestly. yeah, it feels like Krishna sent this perfect dream team where each of us are good at what we do and we couldn't do it without the rest, you yes. know? Yes. So. We're super grateful. Uh, I think at some point we'll post a picture of what the behind the scenes looks like. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. It yeah. is a little wild. We love it. <laughs> we love it. It's so funny because when we were doing the sound check, there was all these voices going on, like our previous recording for sound check, our current voices. It was like 20 voices and it was chaotic. And I was like, ah, uh, in my element, it feels like I'm back in the classroom because I'm also a teacher. So anyone who's a teacher out there knows what having like hundreds of children shouting at your face all at once feels like. All righty tidy. Chapter eight, attaining the supreme Priya Darshan. You want to take it away with text one? Yes. Arjuna inquired, Oh my Lord, oh supreme person, what is Brahman? What is the self? What are fruitive activities? What is this material manifestation? And what are the demigods? Please explain this to me. All right. Okay. So we got to break this down. I oh, yeah. love this. Okay. Oh, yeah. So just taking this back, Krishna has been talking for a while, right? Explaining yes. a lot of fun things. And remind us, where are they in the first place? They're on a battlefield <laughs> in a city called Kurukshetra, which is you can still, a still go place, there. Still place that you can go today. And so they're having this whole conversation. Everyone's kind of eavesdropping. The soldiers, <laughs> like they don't have Candy Crush, so they have nothing other, <laughs> other than to do but to just listen and eavesdrop on this conversation. So they're surrounded by all of these soldiers we're essentially tapping their foot and waiting for this so conversation like, to be over. When is the battle going to begin? Yeah, when are we going to start this war? And so what's interesting is that we've we've heard Krishna talk for a few verses back to back to back to back. And what's great about chapter eight is that starts off with Arjuna going like, dude, what are you actually talking about? <laughs> so like Krishna's been talking a lot and now Arjuna's asking all of these questions that I'm sure that we also ask oh, when yeah. we're reading the Gita as well. Like right. what is Brahman? What is the self? What are fruit of activities? He put it all in one verse because he... I think he was, maybe he wasn't paying attention or he wasn't, or he didn't <laughs> quite understand it all, but he's asking a lot of questions right now. And I think asking of, for our sake, were you going to say? Oh, I was going to say also clarifications, right? right? Because oh, I think Krishna's talked like in so much detail about so many different things. And so he's like, okay, here are all the main things I think I got from you. Like, I'm going to say it back to you. Can right. you just tell, like, just. He is practicing active listening, which is a very <laughs> yes. good quality of communication. Yeah. Arjuna is practicing active listening. <laughs> and if you feel that you and your spouse are having troubles practice uh, practice active listening <laughs> no because okay. that's the problem solving in most relationships yes. uh, truly you're like yes. i'm mad at you i hear that you are <laughs> mad at me is that correct it is solved we are good now thank yes, you for this <laughs> see active listening yeah. see even krishna or Juna practice active listening oh, this is great right therapy okay, so, so i want to say about this like yes. there's one two three four five main questions All and right. arjuna's asking five main questions so what is brahman what is the self what are fruit of activities? 
what is material manifestation and what are demigods? And right. we're actually going to get the answer to all five. So we're going to keep track and we're going to come back to this and like tie it back to the answers. Okay. Yes. Right. Anything else? Because we as add we've here? said in our previous episode, Brahman can mean many things. So Arjuna's asking again. So there's definitely going to be more detail about that. But one fun fact, the Srimad Bhagavatam explains the supreme absolute truth is known as Brahman, Paramatma and Bhagavan. Those three we've talked about before. If there's any confusion, we're going to get to it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we were, were all looking at each we, other like, is no, that it? Actually, we thought you were going to go longer. I know. So we got really I comfortable. Like, I was like, I'll step back. <laughs> but we get, we get text two. Oh my God, that's text the fastest two, we've ever gotten to another text. Oh, oh one thing good. I like, which isn't one of Arjuna's okay. questions. So it's not going to come up again. It might come up again. So just Chaos. let me say it. Arjuna also inquires about Atma. Who, who knows? What is Atma? The soul. The soul, spirit. Yes. It refers to, oh yeah, all of that. Body, soul, <laughs> and mind. That would be a good a good uh, yoga studio name. Atma I'm yoga. sure there's I'm one. sure there's Probably. multiple. There's multiple yeah. Atma yogas. I just had a genius novel idea. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Text number two. Oh, and senses also. Sorry. Atma is senses also. That was on the line right after. Thanks okay. for squeezing that uh, in. Yep, that was very you know important. It. You can count on me to squeeze it always in. <laughs> okay. So text two. Text two, Arjuna is continuously talking. So this is Arjuna saying, who is the, who is the Lord of sacrifice mm-hmm. and how does he live in the body? O Madhusudana, and how can those engaged in devotional service know you at the time of death? Ooh, interesting. Interesting. So we got to break it's this down because question. first of all, he asks, who is the Lord of sacrifice? And that may refer to either Indra or Vishnu. And for a little more context, if you've forgotten, Vishnu is the chief of the primal gods and Brahma and Shiva and, oh, sorry, sorry. Rewind, grammar. You got this. Vishnu is the chief of the primal gods, including Brahma and Shiva and Indra is the chief of the administrative gods. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, there it's interesting because you have actually separate categories of demigods. You have the the primal ones or primeval ones or the ones that are kind of like, it's almost like a hierarchy. They're even beyond the, the administrative ones because, you know, you you have Brahma, Shiva, Vishnu, who are like the creator, the maintainer, the destroyer. Right, that's they like a different their, category. A different category. Because we're talking about like the Indra is the chief of the administrative demigods, and we're talking about the rain, uh, the the demigods of rain, the demigods of like of things within this world. Weather, yeah. money. Yeah. So that's why Indra is the chief of the administrative demigods, while Vishnu is the chief of the primal demigods. Kind of like, you know what it made me think of? In art, you have the primal colors that you can do different mixtures to do kind of like the red, secondary blue, colors. Yellow. Red, blue, yellow. I forgot. Mm-hmm. That's why I didn't say yeah. it. Yes. Yeah, red, blue, yes. red, blue, yellow. Yeah. So those <laughs> are the red, blue, right. yellow because you need those to right. make everything else. Exactly. So that's mm-hmm. why you have kind of like the, the primal ones, Vishnu, Brahma, Shiva, creation, and a destruction maintenance. And, you know, connecting this actually to our day-to-day lives, we've often, there's, they say in Bhakti Yoga that out of the three, uh, the energies of Vishnu, Brahma, and Shiva, creation, maintenance, destruction, I can apply that to maintenance of a household. Creation, it might be the, the easiest. I can create all sorts of things. Maintaining, once I do a great cleanup, is the most difficult. Um, yes. A mother would tell you otherwise. Right. She creates. <laughs> right, right. Well, yeah. No, is it destruction or creation that's the easiest? But they go in order because that's something my mom used to always tell me, kind of to say, I need to maintain my room clean and that's the hardest of the energies. No, so, but would you? what about a mother? Wouldn't creation be hard? Yeah, for creation is the, they I also have to, main, to maintain, maintain for 18 yeah, years is also pretty too. hard. I think the yeah, easiest yeah. one is destruction. Okay, so it yeah. might be, and there's all there's actually an order that they say it might be destruction the easiest, then creation. I, I always Who's forget they? the two. Uh, 
Well, my mom would always tell me <laughs> to clean my room. So creation, or sorry, maintenance being the hardest, which is kind of like, which of the three, Vishnu, Brahma, and Shiva, which is maintenance? Vishnu. Right? Brahma, no, 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 no. Brahma creates, Shiva right, yeah, destroys, yeah, right. Vishnu yeah. maintains. Yeah, because Vishnu is the mode of goodness. So they say cleanliness is godliness. Ah, so connecting it to the cleaning metaphor, <laughs> Vishnu is the mode of goodness. So maintaining your room clean is the mode of goodness. Really, it all ties to the... I've lost you so hard. I know. I, I think, I mean, <laughs> have you really guys good? not heard of this? No. No. Um, I think your mom made it up, but it's no. really lovely. <laughs> Wait, your mom made it up. But it's really have you lovely. heard of this when, when, when like you tell someone to... Cleanliness is godliness. Oh, that. So, no, yes. we've heard that. We've heard that. Cleanliness what have you is not close heard? to godliness. The other thing you were trying to explain about um <laughs> cleaning your room. <laughs> yeah, because whenever you have to maintain something, whether it's your room or a business or anything, no, no, maintaining I, is the most difficult. So they say like that mode of goodness is the most difficult to achieve. So clean your room because that is like maintaining that. Let's go with it. I, I'm let's just saying <laughs> it sounds great. I'm just it's it it went a little far. <laughs> From the yeah, yeah, from yeah. the verse, <laughs> from the verse, just a little bit. No, but that that applies into our day to day lives. A thousand percent. <laughs> I feel like it says Priya unconvinced. Yo, no, because I am convinced. If you, never, I'm saying, if you never clean and you let it go into ruins, then fair. you have to spend like two days cleaning while maintaining is the most difficult. And that's why Arjuna's asking <laughs> how. Um, no, I'm just We're kidding. We are just as confused to... as Arjuna right now, okay? Because Arjuna's like asking all these questions. Can you clarify? And Shamli, like Krishna will come with the torch of knowledge about this metaphor. I'm kidding. Let's move on. All right. So okay, as so we said, asking... Vishnu, chief of primal gods, Indra, chief of administrative gods. So connecting it to the text, he's saying, okay, who is the Lord of sacrifice? Because both Indra and Vishnu are worshipped for yagyas. So he's kind of wanting to know who is the Who's, king of he, sacrifice. He's asking for clarification. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And separately, how... How does the Lord reside within the body of the living entity? That's kind of two questions. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest question for Um. everyone who has, who is on a spiritual journey. And I know that this is something that I ask myself all the time because I do think about this. I think Arjuna's last question here is so important. Mm -hmm. He says, and how can those engaged in devotional service know you, Krishna, at the time of death. Right. Oh, what a big question. Yeah. That's a huge question. And it's every name Arjuna addresses Krishna as is also significant because here he's addressing just quick side note. And then the topic of death is a very, it's like the biggest one of the text. Arjuna basically here addresses the Lord as Madhusudana because Krishna once killed a demon named Madhu. So since Krishna is so expert at killing or eradicating kind of demons of these negative energies, here it says Arjuna addresses him as Madhusudana so that Krishna may kill the demonic doubts that arise in Arjuna's mind. Ooh, so there's like a there. beautiful backstory to everything yeah it says here that arjuna is very anxious yeah. to know of those who are constantly in create engaged in krishna consciousness like what should be their position at the final moment right exactly mm-hmm. so he's asking these questions for other for us actually for us, yeah right because we talked about in the previous episode go listen to it if you haven't that Death is basically the biggest test. And we spent, they say, like a lifetime in preparation. We spent preparing for that moment because as we've, we kind of touched upon this the last episode, but at the time of death, basically all our bodily functions are going to be disturbed. Our mind's not in the proper condition. So we may find it hard to meditate now when we're in perfectly good mm-hmm. health, but what to speak of when everything is shutting down in our body, then What's going to kick in is what you've done 
every single day cumulatively of your life. Yeah, whatever you've practiced in your life, that's what you're right. going to remember at the time of death. If you remember God sporadically throughout your life, it's going to be very, very difficult exactly. to remember him at the time of death when your mind's not working, you're, you're in, in lots pain. of pain. Oh, yeah, exactly. So, you know, this made me think of back when we used to train for ice skating at that high level, the coaches would always say, if you haven't done something every single day leading up to the competition, don't change, don't change things up in the competition because ultimately what's going to kick in is what you've practiced. Mm -hmm. So if you've never tried to develop love of Krishna, it's going to be really hard when at the time of death, you're in so much pain and then trying to face death fearlessly and not being scared, full of doubts, praying to Madhusudan at that time might yeah. be difficult. Isn't that also like muscle memory too? Like yeah, they, told you, they told you not to try anything new because it's not ingrained in your muscles, right? right? So you're just going to exactly. be like doing it whims. You're going to try a triple axle for the first time, like whimsically, <laughs> you know what I mean? Look at you with the yeah. terminology. I know, I was, I'm Look trying to impress Shamley right now. <laughs> <laughs> but you what, know, like what? you can't just like do something that yeah. you haven't trained your muscles to do. Totally, you know? totally. Yeah, that's why, I mean, I think it's nice when you feel you go through difficult moments in life and this kicks in in a very silly way. The other day there was an earthquake and my roommate, it was in the middle of the night. It was a, not a huge one, but we felt everything shake a little bit and we both sat up and I didn't remember, but the next morning she told me, yeah, you sat up and said, Krishna. And I was like, I did. Yes. Oh, that's good. It's working. The test good. is working. That is very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if there's anything else you guys want to add, there's one part that's, I don't know, we can summarize or read it. They're just some beautiful prayers that um, they say there was this great, uh, a great devotee called Maharaj Kulaksetra who had this prayer that kind of encapsulate this, this concept of how difficult it is at the time of death. Should we read it or just yeah, summarize? let's do it. It says, my dear Lord, just now I am quite healthy and it is better that I die immediately so that the swan of my mind can seek entrance at the stem of your lotus feet. And this is a metaphor used because the swan is a bird of the water that takes pleasure in digging into the lotus flower. It's basically a sporting activity to enter the lotus flower. So in this way, this Maharaj, this great devotee says to the Lord, now my mind is undisturbed and I am quite healthy. If I die immediately thinking of your lotus feet, then I'm sure that my performance of your your devotional service will become perfect. But if I have to wait for my natural death, then I do not know what will happen because at the time that bodily functions will be disrupted, my throat will be choked up and I don't know whether I shall be able to chant your name. Better mm. let me die immediately. Oh. So this is why Arjuna is questioning how a person can fix his mind on Krishna's lotus feet at such a time. Yeah. And I think it's important because we talk about the time of death a lot. And I know that this is the, a concept that we've just started talking about and we're honing in on this. And I think it's so important. Um, there's a friend of mine who was actually volunteering at a Bhaktivedanta hospital in India. Mm. And she was, she was actually writing a book on like the hospice care on, in the hospital. Yeah. And she was telling me about this one devotee who's been, she's been a devotee for over 30 years. She has dedicated her life to Lord Krishna every single day, chanting deity worship, like everything that you could possibly do. She was the perfect devotee. But at the time of death, like her mm. mental functions were failing her, her mm. body was failing her. Mm. And it was so hard for her to even, she didn't even know what to think of, right? Like mm. she didn't, rem she didn't know how to chant anymore. She couldn't remember how to chant. Mm. And what was so interesting is that there was a nurse who walked in and said, Hey, Hare Krishna. 
And she remembered oh. that she was supposed to chant Hare Krishna. And after she got better, she came back and she thanked that nurse. And she said, she said, thank you for saying Hare Krishna. Why did you say that? And then she realized, and, and the nurse literally just said, I don't know. Because the nurse was a Muslim nurse, but for some reason, uh, she just said chant Hare Krishna to her and she mm, remembered that she was supposed wow. to chant. But like wow. at the time of death, it's so hard because our mind is, is in, is probably, we're losing our marbles kind of, you know what I mean? <laughs> like we're, I, I mean, we're not in a good place yeah. mentally. Our body's failing us and it's so hard to remember unless we have that muscle memory right. that keeps us remembering Krishna. You know what your story made me think of, um, Krishna is so merciful because someone like that has done service, has dedicated her mm -hmm. life to Krishna. Okay, if you get dementia, if you get something that's out of your control that doesn't allow you to remember him, he's not going to hold that against mm -hmm. you. So then he sends someone working as an instrument yes. of his power oh, yeah. to a okay, Muslim remember Hare Krishna. Just, yeah. And it made me think this is such a magical process because we can like receive such grace and give such grace when we're just open our, when we open our hearts up to being instruments of God, yeah. he can work his magic through us. Really? That literally that, that woman was sent by Krishna just so that right. she, he could remind his devotee to chant when she right. couldn't remember herself. Can I say one thing that yeah. that reminded me of? I just popped into my head. I don't think I've said this before, but well, I used to be a caregiver and work with this boy with special needs, but before I got to working with him, I kind of, uh, I got called to see if I could work with this older lady. I ended up not because I think she passed away a week after, but essentially I went to meet her. She was having a really difficult time and, um, I had just gotten to the caregiving scene, you know, so the one woman that orchestrates it all, she said, okay, there's a lady that needs help. La da da. I went to visit her and she was, yeah, she was super old and had a hard time doing things on her own. So I met her on day one. And then I found out the next week she was kind of really going downhill. She was in the hospital. So I told the woman this kind of was like my manager, like, can we go visit her? Cause I knew, I don't know. I had this feeling of like, I want to be there for a second. And she's like, oh, okay, sure. So she drove us to the hospital, which was like further away from the town we were in. And I got there and I kind of, I don't know what overcame me, but I didn't really ask like the front desk, like, where is so-and-so? Can I go see her? I looked over and, and through a hall, I saw her there. So I kind of like, no one was there. So I kind of snuck in, walked through the wall, uh, hall, went into the room she was in. And I kind of, she didn't know me well. I met her once. I, I don't even remember her name, but I got close to her and I was like, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. I started chanting the whole mantra. And she's like, ah, girl, get away from me. And she was like in pain. But I remember just saying it to her and then I kind of left and I just felt like, huh, what an interesting, like, why did I at the very end for two seconds enter this woman's life? And I thought, Krishna has a plan for her. He obviously wanted her to hear the Maha Mantra, which has such potency that if you hear it once, even if you're not actively engaged in it, you'll have the benefits of it. So I thought, well, this <clears throat> woman has done some beautiful, pious thing in her life that Krishna kind of made this arrangement that she could hear the mantra towards the end. And that was it. And I, I, then she passed away. A few days after that, wow. I didn't work with her, anything. And then I continued on to the next care. What giving. made you go into this <laughs> random lady's room and just start chanting in Sanskrit? What, like what, why did you do that? Again, I don't know. There like that know. woman said, just like why did she chant Hare Krishna? Said, I don't know. I just, well, I think also when you're part of this path, you know the potency of the mantra. It makes you want to like, let everyone hear it, you know? So that's why when you have that, I don't know, consciousness, you want to spread it as much as you can. So I also thought, well, I don't know. I'm feeling pulled to want to go visit her. Let's see what happens. And 
it just kind of worked out. I'm surprised no one called security on Chandler. Oh, no, then we left <laughs> <we laughs> real fast. I back in the car and we were out of there. But she nice. got to hear some mantras. Yeah, but I think the, the what's important right now is Arjuna's asking some very, very important yeah. questions. It's like, who who is the Lord of Sacrifice? Like, and how do you remember you, Krishna, at the time of death? And that right. is a big question. And on the thought of uh, muscle memory, um, mm-hmm. there's a story of Ajamil. Yeah. Who named his child a name of Krishna. Narayan. And because of his attachment to his child, Narayan, uh, he just called for his kid at the <laughs> time of death. And Narayan, it wasn't Narayan. And it wasn't that he was uh, necessarily fully dedicated to this mission of remembering Krishna, but by Krishna's mercy, yeah. it happened in the way that his kid was named yeah. that. And Krishna was like, okay, I will allow it. Because even, he thought of yeah. me. Even if you I, don't like Krishna and you name your, your child right. <laughs> a name of Krishna You're and you a, remember that name at the time of death, that's still a perfect right. loophole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it, it shows to the... To what the muscle memory and also to like what we attach ourselves to in this lifetime mm-hmm, helps, yep. right? So then we surround ourselves with spiritual people, with spirituality in general, music, right. all these things. And then we get attached to these things and then right. it helps us at the end right. of our lives, right? And That's I real. think I love that you bring that up, Priya, because it just shows also how merciful Krishna is. That even if you're not this perfect, elevated soul and know all the Vedic knowledge, he will take whatever you give. Ajamil called out a name of Krishna without even knowing he was, or without even thinking thinking of Krishna, thinking of his son, but Krishna still took the essence and whatever he could. He takes the good in everything. Yeah. And I like that Krishna believes in loopholes. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's a God that I would like to worship. <laughs> a loophole, my loophole Lord. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anything else Shala. on this, on this text? Uh, where were we? Text two? Text no. two. No, I think Bring. that's good. All right. Text three. Uh, oh, wow, another yeah. three text episode. <laughs> All right. The Supreme Personality of Godhead said, the indestructible, transcendental living entity is called Brahman, and his eternal nature is called Adhyatma, the self. Action pertaining to the development of the material bodies of the living entities is called karma or fruitive activities. So I feel like he's breaking down a lot of stuff we've heard before in the past here. He's answering the questions actually. Yeah. Right. He's saying, so Arjuna's first question was, what is Brahman? And Krishna's saying, Brahman is the indestructible transcendental living entity. Mm. So the jiva. So the, the soul, day. the soul, the soul is Brahman. So yeah. yeah, whatever's part of that indestructible and eternally existing energy. And con- it says its constitution is not changed at any time. So whatever's in the material realm has a beginning, a middle and an end. But the Brahman energy is indestructible. And, so, you know, mm-hmm. go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 that's in the purport. They they add a little more context. They say, but beyond Brahman, there is para Brahman. Because Brahman refers to us, the living entity, but para Brahman refers to the supreme personality of Godhead. So those are those are different. It's not like oh, it's all the same. We are Brahman. Krishna's Brahman. We are God. No, no that's good. That's good to distinguish, right? Yeah, because yeah, some yeah. people can be like, oh, if Brahman is me, I must be Brahman, which means Brahman is God, and that <laughs> means I must be God as well. You know, <laughs> right? Exactly. Because essentially, our position of the living entity as Brahman, it says the constitutional position of us is different from the position we take in the. Material Material world because if Brahman is our constitutional position, that's our soul. That's made up of Sat Chid Ananda, we've said, which is mm-hmm. what? Ooh, uh, 
bliss, yes. eternality, eternality, yes. and knowledge. Oh, very good, very yes. good. It lasts hundred percent, hundred percent. So if that's us, Brahman, when we enter the material realm, we take on a different position because in material consciousness, our nature is to try to be the lord of matter. What is like to lord over matter? To try to control everything? Yeah, yeah, yeah right? It's to like try to be the controller. Exactly. But when we're in our spiritual consciousness or Krishna consciousness, our position is to serve the Supreme. So, so I just like that distinction between Brahman and Parabrahman. Yeah, so what, what you read right now, it's in addition to what Krishna is answering. So the second question that Krishna answered, so the first question he answered was, what is Brahman, right? And right. he said, it's you, it's the soul, it's the spirit soul, it's eternal, it's forever existing, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's a living entity. And now the second question is, um, what is fruit of activity? And so he says, mm. actions pertaining to the development of material bodies of the living entities is called karma or fruit of activities. It's the same meaning. And what that means is... Wait, wait, say it one more time slowly. Rewind. Yeah, yeah, say that again slowly. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So the second question that Krishna is answering for, for Arjuna is, what are fruit of activities? And mm -hmm. he's saying, action pertaining to the development of the material bodies of the living entities is called karma or fruit of activities. Now, uh -huh. what that means, right, is like all the actions that we perform and anything that continues to build this material existence, right? Like, um, how do we put this? Um... So literally everything is karma. Everything mm -hmm. that we do is karma. Yeah, like yeah. The food we eat, the music we listen to, but it's not just the right. things that we absorb. It's everything that we consciously act upon in this material world. Everything that feeds into our bodily existence and our material existence. Everything. Everything's yeah. karma. So Taylor Swift was right when she was, have you heard that song called <laughs> Karma by Taylor Swift? Well, how does it go? He goes, karma is my boyfriend. Karma is my God. Karma is, there's a lot of <laughs> <laughs> do you want to come over? Do you want to come over, Ella? Because I think Taylor Swift, she's right, because karma is everything. Karma is all of our fruit of activities, right? Like everything that we do, everything we listen to, everything, right? So Taylor, yeah, let's go, Ella, let's go. Karma is the breeze of my hair on the weekend. Karma is a relaxing thought. Aren't you envious that for you it's not? Everything is karma, oh. right? So this is what Krishna's directly. Thank you so much, Ella. Thank you, thank you, thank Shout you. Shout out to Taylor Swift. Yeah, but, but it's true, right? And I know it's a, it's a silly pop song, but... At the end of the day, like karma is everything, everything. right? Even like the, the once once someone asked me, they're like, "Is Taylor Swift actually being like spiritual in this?" I was like, "Yeah." She said, "There's a lyric that says karma is the cat on my lap, right?" And it's like you've known this cat for previous lifetimes. You have karma with this cat. Yeah. You know what I mean, so everything is Even essentially the line, karma. Karma is my boyfriend, which I don't know the song, but yeah. uh, karma is my boyfriend. That makes sense. The karma that you accrue attracts the people in your life, yes. which then help you lead more karma. So it's it's just all connected. Hundred percent. Right? Yeah. Karma is your boyfriend, right? <laughs> and so so whether you've known them from a past life or not known them from a past life, it, it's essentially that you're attracting people in situations to continue furthering you on your path yes. and with your karma means action with your actions you choose to elevate yourself or degrade yourself so kind of like connecting that to what it was breaking down in the purport that basically when us when the jiva or the living entity enters this material consciousness we have to take different bodies in this material world that is karma or in other words varied creation by the force of material consciousness i like how they said that because that's essentially everything Varied creation by the force of material consciousness. So with our material consciousness, whatever we create in a large variety, boom, karma. 
Um, yeah. And it also says, so it's like, according to how we identify with the material or spiritual nature, that's how we receive our, our material or spiritual bodies. Right. So that's why association is so important. However, we identify in this material world. Like, right. If we, if we say, oh, I'm here in this material world to be the wealthiest. However, we identify, we are creating karma for the future, for our future exactly. selves in which we become furthermore those things. But it's an entanglement that comes with suffering right. and old age and disease. And it's not the goal. So it's like, it's very important to understand like how we identify ourselves. And right. it starts with self-realization, understanding we are the soul. Right? I like that you said body. the word entanglement because we choose to the degree that we entangle ourselves in this world. Because here it says sometimes we as the, the jiva, we merge into dark material nature and we identify ourselves more and more with matter. But sometimes when the, when the rays of light shine through, we identify ourselves with the superior spiritual nature. So therefore, we're, called, we're kind of part of the Lord's marginal energy. We're not mm. part of his pure consciousness, even though the soul in our body is. So that's why it was an important distinction, connecting it back that in Vedic literature, we, the living entity, were called Jivatma and Brahman, but we're never called para, uh, para Brahman. That's, that's, that's Krishna. Krishna. That we're never Krishna. Krishna. And uh, what Priya had just said about uh, the more we entangled, we accrue different spiritual bodies. I just thought this was a fun fact. You know how many species of life form we can possibly be reincarnated into? Like yes. humans and animals? 8,400,000 species of life. life. Wow. But in spiritual nature, we how many how many forms are there? Only one. Only one. Only one body. Because that's there's the only soul. one soul. Oh, not that not that there's only one soul. That's I mean, all for of us. you, for us, right? For right, you, right. for each individual you out there, right? right? So like you only have one soul, but exactly. you have millions of lives that you could potentially live. You can be right. a man. You could be like, these are the kinds of things that you can become, right? You can right. be a man. You can be a demigod. You can be an animal, a beast, a bird. And all of this depends on your karma, right? right? Yep. So, so if every Taylor Swift were writing this song, karma is a man, karma is a demigod, karma is an animal, beast, bird, so. etc. <laughs> I don't know if Taylor would write a song I like that. Think, I don't think so, but you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But all of those are connected to karma because your your whatever you choose to do in this life determines your next life. So if we want to attain material heavenly planets and enjoy their facilities, okay, we might do yagyas and live a very pious life, but that's not going to take us to Krishna's abode because to get to Krishna's abode, we have to develop love, devotion, service, um because, you know, even when we enter these heavenly planets, when our good merit or our good karma is exhausted, we then come boop, right back again to earth in the form of a man. I'm sorry, what sound do we make when we reincarnate back into earth? Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> no, that's right. so real. That's very, So we want to get beyond this up and down. We've talked about it as a ladder, a rat race, all these different things. Um, there was one last Anything part. else, Chumley? Why why you say Shamli? No, you know no, Shamli. I, I just checked with the Priya. Oh, okay. That's why. <laughs> with the Priya. Now the Shamli always squeezes <laughs> stuff in. <laughs> so uh, at the very end, it just says, the Lord also speaks of the living entity as an eternal fragment of myself. So we are a fragment of God. So being a fragment of God, not fully, we're not God ourselves. We may also fall back down into the material world, but the Supreme never falls down. So that's an important distinguishing factor of uh, Brahman or the living entity distinguished from prior Brahman. I just wanted to re-emphasize that. Sweet. All right. Text number four. Whoa, Pre a four text episode. Oh, I'm oh, so whoa, excited. Whoa, I'm so wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Text number four. Priya Darshani. 
Oh, best of the embodied beings. This is still Arjuna. Let me just check. Yeah. Or no, no, Krishna. Krishna. This is Krishna answering. Okay. Oh, best of the embodied beings. The physical nature, which is constantly changing, is called Adibhuta, the material manifestation. The universal form of the Lord, which includes all the demigods, like those of the sun and moon, is called Adidvaiva. And I, the Supreme Lord, represented as a supersoul in the heart of every embodied being, am called Adiyagna, or the Lord of Sacrifice. Wow. Oh, he's answering the other question. Yeah. Who is the Lord of Sacrifice? Can I read it one more time? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Please, long. please, for the love we'll of God. Break it down. Yes. Okay. So he's saying, oh, best of the embodied beings. So he's like really complimenting him. He's like, you are kind of mm. like the best of all of those that have a material body. Oh, it's like body. a nickname. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Like, I, I want to request that as my next nickname. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, Best we'll of think the about embodied it. beings. Yeah, yeah. We'll, do, we'll <laughs> deliberate on that, shall we? <laughs> That'll take us a little while. Um, <laughs> I'll so, be waiting. <laughs> so he's basically saying, oh, Arjuna, you who are kind of the best men out there, okay? Mm-hmm. The physical nature, which is constantly changing, is called Adi Bhutta. Adibhuta. Adibhuta. The universal form of the Lord, which includes all the demigods, like the sun and the moon demigods, is called Adidaiva. Mm. So the universal form of the Lord, including the demigods. So it's just kind of like Krishna. Everything that Krishna embodies includes all of the ah, demigods. Like if okay. you see... Yeah. Thank you for saying it that mm-hmm. way. That, that helped me visualize it. Yeah, We're going to get to a part not yet where Krishna really zoom, unleashes his universal form and it shows emanating from him the sun, the moon, all of the demigods lining up. Like it's quite, whoa. And you think, wow, all of this just came from this little beautiful being Krishna who was on this chariot a second ago. Like (laughs) he doesn't reveal all the time to just anyone this form. Yeah. And it also shows you that the demigods are not separate from Krishna. They are, they are inside Krishna. They, Krishna is all of them, right? right? They get all of their powers from the Lord. And so, Krishna's universal form encompasses all of the demigods, the sun, the moon, everything. It's just, yeah, like, uh, who was it, Priya, that had told you, what is the essence of Bhagavad Gita? Remember Krishna, never forget him because Krishna's everything. Uh, The demigods come from him. There there is that hierarchy where Krishna is everything. Like we often say, Gita is life. Gita is life. Krishna is life. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So then, so Krishna basically says, physical nature has a name. The universal form has a name that mm-hmm. it includes the demigods. And he says, and I, the Supreme Lord, represented as a super soul in the heart of every body is called Adiyagya, which is the Lord of sacrifice. So Nailed he's saying, those Sanskrit. So he's yes. saying, thank you. He's saying that Krishna in our heart has a different name. Usually we call him Paramatma. But in this case, there's another name. And that name in Sanskrit, in English, it means the Lord of Sacrifice. Because, you know, if you remember back, one of Arjuna's questions was... Who is the Lord of Sacrifice? Who is the Lord of Sacrifice? Ah, I love... Isn't this kind of cool? You can ask God all of these questions mm, and he will literally answer every single one, one by one by one. When you tune in to the Modern Yogi podcast, we do the legwork for you. We're (laughs) cross-referencing multiple texts. We're connecting the dots. We're making it make sense. Make yes. it make sense. Yes. With, all, with all humility. With all humility. With all humility. So yeah, he's answering, he's answering all of these questions, right? Yeah. Right. Um, and can I just go to the second point? Totally. It's like when we see the sun and the moon outside, we can think of Krishna because right. Krishna is literally saying, I am 
the sun and the moon. Right. I, yes. I like that point. And so it's interesting whenever we think of physical nature, the material world is constantly changing. I mean, we see it with our material bodies that pass through, they say the six stages. One, we are born. Two, we grow. Three, they remain for some duration. Four, they produce some byproducts. That's a funny way to call it. Byproducts means children. Yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> Five, they dwindle. And six, they then vanish. Wait, can you say them again? Because that was really funny. Wait, and wait, wait, what are you what are you dressing? Just so that uh, I'm addressing knows. how the physical nature is constantly changing and our material <laughs> bodies pass through six stages. Okay. One, they are born. Babies. Two, yep. they grow. Toddlers. Toddlers. Three, they remain for some duration. Teenage, young, young age. adult. Yeah. <laughs> young Four, adult, young adult. They produce some byproducts. Adults. Adults who, who produce children. Children. <laughs> Five, they dwindle. Old, Old age. age. And six, they then vanish. Death. Wow. Wow. Waka waka. Waka waka. <laughs> and that's why this physical nature is called Adibuta. It is created at a certain point and will be annihilated at a certain point. Ooh, interesting. <laughs> so Very that's cool. why they say our present body, along with the individual soul, is the super soul. And that's a plenary representation of Lord Krishna. So that's still within where we're residing in this material world. It comes to an end. Our soul won't, but everything around us will. So the super soul is called Paramatma or Adiyagya. Yagya. There's so many names. I almost want to be like not name them. But, right. but it's but kind of heard- cute because like what it really means to me, because like sometimes I get confused by the name. So it's like the Krishna inside me. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. And we've heard Paramatma before. Basically you said Krishna inside me, the Krishna in my heart. And I love this last portion. Oh, is very I see what cute. you're saying. You're breaking it down. You said Adi Atma. So the Krishna inside me because Atma is the soul and like Adi is like that's exactly what I meant by that. Yeah. <laughs> I am a scholar. Yes. <laughs> is that not what you meant? No, but I'll take that. I, yes. I like that. I was just like, oh, you broke it down so we can understand. Yeah, I did. Yes. And connecting to the Paramatma or the Krishna in my heart, this last part is pretty endearing. The Lord stresses the Paramatma is non-different from him. So the super soul is the supreme su- supreme personality of Godhead that's seated be- beside the individual soul. And he's essentially witnessing all of our individual soul's activities and is the source of the soul's various types of consciousness. So every type of consciousness we experience comes from Krishna within our hearts. And the super soul gives the individual soul an opportunity to act freely and witness his activities. So he's always just sitting there observing us. Uh, one Swami in our line, Giriraj Swami said, how beautiful to think Krishna's always in your heart, just waiting, just waiting there for the day you'll turn to look at him and give him your love. Oh, very that's sweet. so beautiful. Yeah, so really yeah, nice. so that was basically Krishna answering Arjuna's, one of Arjuna's questions in this particular text. And we'll get to see what other questions Krishna answers. Yes. Wonderful. So join us next time when we talk about chapter eight, text number five. See you Bye. next time. Bye. Bye. beautiful souls if you like what you're hearing please follow us on instagram at modern yogi podcast and if you love what you're hearing please make sure to share a link to our podcast at modern yogi podcast with all your friends families and long lost cousins and if you have any questions at all send us a dm on instagram at modern yogi podcast and we'll be sure to get back to you thank you for listening to the The Modern modern yogi